I did the first one I did, which I sold, didn't have a background on. It was on black paper and it was in pastel pencils. So all the things I'm just telling you that I did then. But I didn't know any different. What made you decide to put on a background? Hello and welcome to episode 112 of Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Hi, Dad. Hi, Steve. Nice to see you. A second week on the trot. I know. It's nice to see you too. Nice I'm to be here. spoiled. <laughs> you are, with my presence. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing? Um, very well, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I say very well. I've got a bit of croak in my voice. I don't know if you can hear it, can you? No, can I? I can't. Oh, good. Well, maybe. The, Wouldn't have even noticed. I'm making noticed. it even more of a growl now than I used to be. <laughs> No, I've got a little bit of, um, it, it's not It's not affecting me too much. I'm probably doing a lot of talking at the moment because I'm doing a lot of videoing. Oh, okay, so it's affecting your voice. Yeah. You're losing your voice. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're working too hard. Do you think I am? I'll yeah. ease off then. Ease off. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have been working hard. The camera's all set up. You've been video videoing today. Yes, yes. We've had a, a good one. I finished, I just finished only a few minutes ago, in fact, when you came back. And uh, I'm pleased with it good good excellent stuff um so let's crack straight on shall we to uh your questions and emails um the first one is a response to uh a german one of the german shepherd blogs that went out and this comes from luke uh, this was when you did the choosing colors for specific parts right. of the the, yep. the hair and the tongue and mm. and the eyes and things this was on the hair Luke says, this is definitely useful and I will work on reproducing it. I always want to ask uh, why so I can expand the principles to everything I draw. Everything I draw. Your colour grid is helpful, but I want to know more about the thinking here, not just the numbers. It seems you go from light grey to black in increasing darkness with one layer of colour added. Is this true for all colours? Should I use complementary colour layer to dull intense colours or dull them by starting with grey rather than white? Or is it just to reduce the tone that one starts with, white rather than a grey, i.e. making it darker rather than duller? It seems there are three problems that I have to master here. You ready? Yeah. Following, keeping up. Uh, Number one, tone. How light and dark do I achieve that in layers of varying greys? Okay. Well... There's certainly, certainly you do that. Uh, the grey, if you're working on a grey animal, obviously, if you're not working on a grey animal, uh, you may need to put grey in, but that will only be a base colour or a tonal colour to stop the more severe colours uh, becoming too bright. So grey is used in two functions, really. It's used as a grey if you're doing black cats, black dogs, black anything, or grey uh, animals. But when you're using grey as uh, a cushioning colour for the stronger colours, it's used differently. And generally speaking, uh, if, for instance, if you were doing an eye, if you were doing a brown eye, people would go, and I'm sure without thinking of it, they'd go and put brown in the eye instead of grey. If, if you see brown, if you see a brown eye, you generally think, yeah, oh, brown. Because I tell you what, if you really look at a brown eye, it's not brown. It's a grey brown. But would you put brown? Would you put grey in, or would you put like a no. an ochre? No, you wouldn't do that because that would enrich the brown. What we're what we're after doing, Stephen, is to uh, restrict. Yes, restrict the tone 
of the of the brown being too bright or harsh because it's not like nature's not like that if you think about nature as a whole and you look at anything that's brown in nature it wouldn't be brown mm. it will be a tone of brown the green another one uh now in a in a green tree for instance you wouldn't put gray underneath it mm. if you did you'd be subduing the green to such an extent it would look dull okay so it works that's exactly what you want to do in the case of uh, something like a brown eye so there's an awful lot to this and one of the problems that we have when we're doing with color tonal colors is that we overcomplicate it and i think that's what luke's done he's overthought it what we need to do and what i would suggest to anybody uh, who's really having a struggle with colours, is to look at as many projects on our site as they can, especially in the range, if they're doing animals, stick to animals. If they're doing landscapes, stick to landscapes. And they will see all those things I'm telling you now in evidence. That's exactly what... I know you've got to go through acres and acres and footage, and it's easier to say to me, oh, what do you do, Colin? But... I can't really readily explain that. It's better to show it. So it, and it also depends on the picture you're looking at, right? Because yeah. a picture will have a various tone of brown or a various tone of green or mm. a various shade, like a, uh, you know, a brown is not brown across all spectrums. Mm. Brown is, you'll look at a brown and you'll go, well, that's not brown. That is brown, but it's not, it's not, it's not a rich brown, right. like you said. Rich, it's right. not a really rich brown. So you need to yeah. you need to dull that brown yeah. down. But it depends on mm. the picture. The problem too. there, though, you've got is photography can enhance those colours. Yeah, a brown dog could be rich, very rich brown, but in fact, in real life, it wouldn't be. So you've got to be very careful on this. So you've got to be careful when picking your pictures to find... Mm. It's, it's hard, though, to pick the right picture because mm-hmm. some pictures, you can only tell the ones that are really over-exaggerated, can't you? you can, otherwise, you'd think it was real. That's right. And I always say to people as well, if you've got a photograph, follow the photograph. Don't try to make it up. Yeah. So that's almost, uh, you know, counteracting what I've already said just now. But there's somewhere between the two, there's a good balance. So what you're doing is you're looking at your photograph. You're thinking, now, is that true colour? And you could look at other photographs. There's plenty of choice on the internet of going through. Chestnut horses is one of the things. I've been looking at the recently at uh, doing a horse picture. But not just the head. This is a whole horse. And I've got a few pictures that I found. The variations in chestnut is unbelievable. Well, you get some really rich coloured, you? You do, but... but, but but never as quite as rich as some of them I've seen. Yeah. So you've got to be very careful there. Uh, so choosing colours is a very difficult thing. So you're starting off on a, on a, on a bad footing, really, with a, a, a photograph that may not be absolutely true. Yeah. But what other choice have you got? Well, uh, there's a bit more to Luke's email, just saying uh, about number two, colour matching, choosing the right pencil colours. Do I mix it on the paper or is there... Uh, I think in, I think what he's saying is, is do, I, do I experiment on paper? Uh, the answer is no, I wouldn't do that unless you've got spare paper. Then right. I would experiment because if you're unsure of a colour and you put it on and then you think after two or three layers of colour, oh, I don't like that, and rub it out, you've, mm. you've, you've started to take some of the 
tooth off the paper. And animals, it's tricky because you can get the right tone on a piece of paper. Say you get the right colour, base colours, and you get the right match of colours. And you say, yep, that's very close to that real tone. Then you've got the actual technique of applying that Mm. to the animal. Because say if you've got a dog and you've got things like hair and things like that, you've got to consider that as well. Mm -hmm. And there's no no easy answer to that question. And uh, I wouldn't... But this is why I'm hedging my bets, really, in the answers, because I can't be categoric. Let's talk about the German Shepherd as an example, then, because that's, that's what he's commented on here. Yeah, yeah. And take the German Shepherd's eye. So talk about the base colours. I can't you... remember that. Now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, mate. I had to get the blog up, wouldn't I? <laughs> you have to. I can't. I've, I've got so many... I've, I've done about oh, I've done four or four or five pictures since then, yeah. and I cannot remember going back onto them. I, if, you, if I saw it in front of me, I'd say, oh, yes, there's no problem. I you do so and so and so and so and yeah. so. But I think what I do with the, all of those uh, examples, I, I put the generalised, generalised. I don't specifically say you've got to use this colour. I would use this, followed by this, followed by this, and those colours would, would be re- very representative of what we're aiming for. So I would always suggest people do just that. They don't try to be too clever, because that's the problem. If you've got a picture, you've got artistic licence coming into it, and you can change colours ever so slightly to match how you feel it should be. You've also got colour harmony with the rest of the picture as well. You've got to mm. make sure that those colours don't clash. In one part, you can't do a whole series of colours. In another part, do a, a load more colours. This is why you'll always see me starting with the ears, funny enough. The ears and the top of the head. Because when I've got the ears and the top of the head, I've basically got the whole animal fixed. You've mapped out already. I've, I've mapped out what I want. And not, not just the colours that I'll need for the rest of the animal, but the complementary colours that we need to add on to it. it we'll we, we match them. If Are they warm or are they... I've just recently done a, a, a pussy a cat. And <clears throat> there was, at the beginning, right at the top of the picture in the ears and so on, there was no orange at all. There was no orange or 187. But later on, as we moved down through the nose, it started introducing the 187 and the orange. Now, that wasn't in a... in a, obvious in the rest of the animal so what do you do there so you i was working on a color band of the ochres and the and the grays and the browns so i found my color match my 187 as opposed to the 186 which i could have used which would have been too bright so this is what i'm trying to say is you use colors then that are complementary to what you've already got. Mm. You could test that out by actually going back over some of the areas and just infilling just a little bit of colour into that area. A bit risky, though, oh, no, if it doesn't not work. really, because if you look back on it, you'll see that there probably was an influence of that colour, but you never spotted it. Right. I see, yeah. So, And I think it's nice to do that. I actually did it with the cat. I went back into the top of the head. Having, having chosen that having colour chosen for later colours. on in the picture oh, and you I can reintroduce it. And I That's, say that in the picture as well. When you see the video, I actually explain Is that, that a good me. general tip to re, if you've, if you've mm. picked another colour that's, that's on that tonal scale? Uh, I wouldn't say general, no. Uh, it works uh, a lot of the time. Do you have to have seen, because I mean, in your reference picture, was, was there any of that tone indication? Like, mm. so, so 
you're you're putting a, a colour back into areas that the reference picture would indicate. I knew that there was a likelihood of that happening when I studied the picture, but I wouldn't. I can't preempt it. You you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't pick all your colours out and say these are the ones I'm definitely mm. going to use because you may change your mind. Often you see me actually halfway through a picture saying, oh, I need another colour. I never thought about that and I need to kind of colour. And then you can put that mm. in other parts of the picture. You, yes, you bring it back in again, yeah. Oh, but usually, as I said, if, if you're doing a, an animal, it's usually the top of the head, uh, the ears. You've, you've probably used certainly 75% of the pencils you're going to use. Obviously, when you get to an eye, if you've got a green eye and you haven't put it green on the top, you're going to have to work differently so there are some colors that you would have to add mm. when you're as a general rule for eyes if or, or in any color if you want to dull it down temper the tone so if, if you're using quite a rich you know you're going to be using quite a rich color can the, the gray do that uh, gray will do it ivory will do it just temper it just ivory. tone it mm. i mean because wouldn't the the ivory give it more of a warm yes that's right Yes. as a grey would cool it off a bit that's exactly right it depends what your colour you're doing the one I've just done recently I put grey in because I was using the green yeah and it would so have been quite green, as an rich. ivory wouldn't have worked yeah you see what I mean so th- these are very interesting they're very interesting questions and mm. but, uh, from our um, you know good attempt at trying to explain that if you've you kept up with all this conversation I'd be quite impressed is. listeners yeah because <laughs> it's I'm just about keeping up with it myself but it's very hard to but it's what I'm trying discussion. to say is you, you, I wouldn't try to overcomplicate things when you start off. Maybe when you get to, you know, a little bit more advanced and you start doing, you know, a lot of artwork and you're a bit more experienced, then I think you can start thinking a little bit more like that, thinking, mm. oh, I need, to, I need this tone, I need to enhance this and, and so on. But when you're starting out, I wouldn't even think like that because you're complicating Mm. One of the things I remember very distinctly when I was at the Art Materials show, they had a, what they call a coloured wheel, a colour wheel. Now, I was shown this colour wheel by one of the artists that was um, selling it and said, look what we've got. Do you know I couldn't make head nor tail of it? Really? No. I couldn't work it out. I thought, and these were people going with, under their arm. They were taking them back with them. You know, they're buying them thinking, oh, this is good because they were being sold the idea of a colour wheel. And uh, I thought to myself, those people are going to be, so, if there are a lot of uh, beginners there, they're mm. going to be so confused. Overwhelmed. Trying well. to work out what colour goes with what colour, what goes with what colour, what mustn't I use, what should I use. I'm sorry. That, that, that is, that is over, That's overcomplicating the issue. And the best way of doing it is to do... The best way of doing it is to do what we do. I've already given all the colours to all the projects we do. And when people start using them, they do under- we know that they understand them because we see the end results, don't mm. we? Mm. And then we see their own pictures where they've applied those techniques and those rules, and they look great. Mm. And these are amateur artists starting out. It works well. It works well with the pastel pencil because it's easier. If you're working in watercolour, oil, acrylics, you've got a little Much bit more harder. of a problem. Yeah. you've got to mix those colours off the, uh, in the palette, not on the paper, where we can do it one step at a time. Good question, Luke. Uh, various questions uh, in that has pr- prompted some good discussions. So thanks for sending that in. Uh, the next one we have is from Trevor. Uh, and Trevor says, Colin, 
I am an up and coming young artist and I started watching your YouTube videos. And because of you, I've started expanding my artwork. I'm only 13. Good gracious. And I live, uh, he lives uh, in New York. And I recently purchased the set of 60 pastel pencils. I still need the paper and a color shaper, but I wanted to tell you, you are my idol. And I hope to hear from you. Uh, and I hope one day I will get to meet you. Uh, thank you for your videos, but I need help with being more detailed and techniques in my art. My art page is called Undercover Artist on Facebook. Uh, thanks, Colin. Just thought it'd be cool to write to you. Have a good day, your number one fan. Oh, that's lovely. Isn't it lovely? You know, that's two podcasts on the trot, Steve. We've had a younger person. That's true. Yeah. You know, this is very heartwarming for me because I think, you know, all our soul folk is around. I'm not talking about you, <laughs> listener. I'm talking about me. <laughs> um, you know... It's lovely to see young people also taking up the challenge of the artwork, because especially when you're young, you tend to be influenced in other ways. You know, your schools are influenced in your drawing and painting, which is quite right. They're teaching the theory of art, which is good. Uh, and, but it's nice to see people going, or youngsters, taking up uh, the pastel pencils and doing what we do, because mm. it's a, a, a great thing to do. It's, and, of course, at that age, you can imagine how impressionable they are. If they can start taking it up seriously and Trevor really can get this under his belt early on, he's, he's got all his learning years ahead of him uh, and he'll find, if well, I hope he will find, that he'll increase the uh, experience and one day... Never well, know. you're starting at a very young age, yeah. You can mm. have a lot of experience. Absolutely. No, I, I wish him all the best and it's wonderful to have that i i'm uh, chuffed uh, yeah well done trevor thanks for sending that in great stuff uh the next one comes from uh, marie hi colin and steve first of all i love your podcasts i feel like i have both of you sitting in my living room chatting and sipping tea together oh hi. that's nice that's nice uh, i would also like to thank you for mentioning my squirrel painting before christmas my husband another colin was sitting beside me whilst i was listening and when he heard my name mentioned he said is that you we were both so surprised and delighted to hear your positive comments <laughs> you're famous marie mm-hmm. um i have a question for colin uh, regarding backgrounds when drawing animals do you ever leave a background out completely if so how do you stop it from looking like it is just floating i've seen quite a few animal portraits without back- backgrounds and i would quite like to do some of mine that way but the floating appearance always bugs me Thanks for all your help, Marie. P.S. Thanks for all the extras on the website. So generous. Mm. Oh, that, that's a really good question. And uh, I do have a good view about this. I, I've always said to people, uh, a picture without a background really is an illustration because right. it doesn't have any framework, in fact, to support it. But a picture with a background, even if it's a simple one, just a one-colour one or two-colour one, and it's very simple to do. Uh, it looks better than uh, the uh, one without. And it, to my mind, it, it turns it into a painting. Right, yeah. Because it's got that framework around it. However, if you were to do, let's say, a pussycat um, resting on his paws with his tail flicking out the back, and you did him and you put a one-colour background on, he would float because he's got Mm. nothing to base him. It's no base to it. How you would get out of that, though, is quite easy, because if you didn't want to do a background but still wanted to do... Sorry, didn't want to do 
uh, you want to do a whole animal and you put a simple background in and you wanted it to, to base, all you need to do is put a complementary colour to that background that you've used. Let's say you were using ivory, for instance. Ivory is a background with maybe just a little bit of ochre in it. Then what you would do on the base, you would put the ochre rather than the ivory, you'd put that as a base. So you, and then would you put the ivory comp- underneath it? Under, underneath the animal. And then add the ochre What you're on doing top. is putting shadow on. That's what you're doing. You're yeah. putting the shadow on. And well, you're that, giving the impression that there is a surface that right. is on. Yeah. Actually, a very, very, very good example of the life drawings we did recently. Yeah. If you notice that, I, that none of them are floating around, I base them by putting shadow underneath their feet. But the, the just background them. was very... Well, in fact, there wasn't one, really. It was just... A, yeah, I was going to say, can you, sketching. can you get away with not putting a background on, but only putting something no. that they're on? Uh, you could. You could, but it, it was... You could, but it would... Still look know, a bit more like a sketch? Or Sorry, an illustration, uh, illustration or because you've like got that. a support act. Right. Especially, I've got to say, on the pastel paper, because we're using a sand colour pastel paper, which is like a... Um, neutral if it was green you could say you could argue oh that will look nice a little bit of gray um if it was white it wouldn't look work work with white anyway but that would be similar to our life drawings that was on white paper sand color is a difficult color because it doesn't have uh, one way or the other and if you did it on our sand color paper i'd wouldn't look really good at all. So you're really almost obliged to put the background on. However, you say, well, okay, I'll do it on green paper. I'll put it on dark mauve paper. I'll do it on blue paper. Then you've got the problem that that colour will be influencing the picture. You'd have and to have a picture with through. that tone, otherwise uh, it's going right. to completely contrast. And that would look even worse. So, folks... Stick with that. I think that uh, my own personal view is that... Uh, do the picture, whether it's a, just a head and shoulders with a floaty kind of background where it can float quite happily. Or if you put the feet in, that's basically the rule. If you put something with feet in it, you've got to put the feet on something. Therefore, you've got to put a background on. And even if it was a simple one with just a, a couple of colours underneath to base it, that would work well. That's my view. What about if you're... So if you said if you were doing a, a head and shoulders or a portrait kind of style, mm. could that be floating? Or would you still put a background on I'd that? I'd always put a background on. Yeah. I would never not... Would've... But you, I remember uh, when you first started, um, mm. you didn't put a background on. I didn't, how no. did that? How did that go? I mean, how did you feel then? Back then, you didn't think about backgrounds? You just didn't well, think... I came from, I came from uh, a landscape point of view. I was, that's all I was doing, landscapes. I wasn't doing any animals or anything like that. I wasn't even doing people, nothing. All I was doing was landscapes. So when I first started, I didn't know any different. Mm. I did the first one I did, which I sold, didn't have a background on. It was on black paper and it was in pastel pencils. So all the things I'm just telling you that I did then. But I didn't know any different. What made you decide to put on a background? You just suddenly decided one day? Uh, yes, uh, I did about four or five pictures, I think, without backgrounds on, and there was, some, there was something missing. I'm sure people would uh, would understand that. You look at something, it doesn't look right, doesn't look right. Because I, like everybody else, was concerned about putting a background on. How am I going to do that? Well, it, yeah, it's the last... So I had to develop yeah. that. Uh, and my first couple of backgrounds I did were very simple. It was just one colour. 
and with just a little bit of colour mixed. But after about, I suppose about a year of doing these uh, pictures, I started getting uh, a bit ambitious and I started putting soft pastel. After about a year? About a year of doing them. Interesting, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's from beginning. Building your nothing. confidence and yeah. with colours and yeah. and being happy with the result. And after that, so I've been using, the, the and I use the uh, pastels. I had quite a few pastels because I used to play with pastels anyway. Mm. Uh, soft pastels I'm talking about. And, and they were really, really, really spectacular backgrounds. So then you started experimenting with soft pastel in your background. Or did you always start doing that? Uh, I, no, I started at, at, after about a year. That's what I was doing. Started using soft, soft pastel, pastels. But initially it was just pastel pencil, pastel pencil one yeah. or two colours. But simple. Yeah, simple when I first started yeah. out, yeah. I used to do a basic colour like ivory and then just put some a uh, little bit of ochre and a little bit of green or whatever. I used to pick out the eyes. These were the animal portraits, right? Or animals and people. So what, how did you tackle the people side of things like the the background is there a difference in choosing the colors for the people than there is for the animals yes there are there are because if you're doing a person or a portrait generally speaking uh and i have got one or two exceptions to that rule i i put a complete head and shoulders without any in other words the bottom of the picture isn't um fluffy and disappears into a cloud like the animals do right there are one or two exceptions to that, uh, that I, and then you've got to be artistic. One of the pictures I did that um, was done, I think it's, a, it's was it the picture that I did of the uh, DVD? I think it was the DVD. I'm just trying to, to think back now. There's a DVD picture where I did the Victorian lady. The portraits. Yes, and I the think then... The DVD. The portrait DVD. That's, yeah, that's on our members' site now. Was that the one I did? You did, uh, you know, you did a Victorian lady, you did Atlanta in that DVD. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, no, it wasn't that one then. I don't think it was that one. What, no. what subject? It, was, a, you, it what? was another one. I did a Victorian lady, and I, I, want, I, I, didn't, I wanted to... I didn't want to do the, um, the dress, and I didn't want to finish it like that. I wanted to break it up. So what I did then, I used soft pastel. Uh, to break up. In fact, at that time, I was with Carpathello. I wasn't using um, Faber-Castell when I was doing that picture. And Carpathello had a similar stick pastel to the Polychromos, very similar. In fact, I've still got them around somewhere. Uh, And I used those to break up the bottom. So it was kind of fragmented, I suppose you would say. Right. Uh, into the background. Very, very pretty. Very attractive. I have got it actually on my wall in the other room. Right, right. It's actually, I and would that, never part with it. It was such a lovely picture. And that was an exception to your rule of finishing. It was. You, because you, you otherwise left I would it, finish it. You left it floating, but not. Mm. But you changed the floating style to be more blended into the background. Yes. It's very difficult to do that, though. It, it's, it's easy with something like the Victorian portrait to do it. But if you think of all the portraits that you've seen, um, all the famous people doing portraits, they wouldn't do that. They would, they would finish the picture at the head or the shoulder, or they'd put the whole body in very often. It, and then they would give a background there. They wouldn't make it too detailed. They'd 
they make it more uh, complementary to the painting. And it would be uh, indistinct would probably be the best word for it. So what colours do you pick out on a portrait to be put as a simple background? Do you pick out colours that were base colours in the hair or the eyes or the... What, where, what match, where do you match you've up got a with? Few, you've got a few problems with, um, with people. With mm. animals, you've got animals, you've got fur. Generally speaking, you've got one or two colours you can wor- work with. Mm. With people, you've got hair, you've got complexions, you've got all sorts of things. Yeah, you've, you've got, got the, the lips. Clothes. You've got, yes, you've got the, all of those things. Now, you can't put all those colours in the background. So which ones do you go for? Well, you've, you, you actually don't approach it that way. What you approach it is, do I want this to be a light background or do I want it to be a dark background? That's the first thing. More so than with the animals. With the animals, you can get away with a, a kind of hazy, similar colour background with maybe lights and darks. But with people, you've got to be a little bit more punchy. Does that depend on the complexion? of the person whether you want it to be because you've, you've got a very very fair-skinned person mm. would you have a really you wouldn't have a fair background because they wouldn't stand out as absolutely much. right you've got to be more dramatic also you you would have a light source as well there you'd have a light coming in from one direction or another so right. you'd have part of your picture could be in the light and part of it could be could be in the dark which you don't think about with animals no you wouldn't think that you won't have to you've got to think you've got to think completely differently with portrait work so when you're looking at shadows like for example if you're expecting a light source to come in from a certain place that matters with the background but maybe the the shadows on the nose and things like that Hmm. do you have to ever have to worry about that there's 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 loads of combinations even it could be Hmm. you look at the picture when you finish the picture this is why you should never ever uh, decide on the background until you finish a picture. Mm. Look at the picture at the end. I often do that. In fact, the one I've just done, not the last one I've just done here, but the one before that, I started the background with one thing in mind and completely changed my mind. Totally. And it was after putting on two to three colours in the background. It was an animal, in fairness, and the animal had paws, so... I had to think of it as being either indoors or outdoors. But at the time, I didn't, I didn't think like that. I thought it was going to be indoors with a carpet. I'll make a nice carpet down and I'll put a faded background in the background. Fading off on the side of the animal, you could see it fading off. This was, this was the original idea. And after putting the two colours in, two or three colours I put in, I thought, do you know, folks... I think I want to bring him outdoors and I change it completely. Totally change the, from a carpet to grass. Wow. Interesting. So this is what I'm saying. You're looking at the picture and the picture's talking to you. You don't hear it very often Mm. and people don't listen. But the actual picture is talking to you. It's telling you really what you should be doing. So let's go back to, uh, let's go back to the portrait, uh, picking the colours for the portrait how do you decide what colors you pick then for your portrait what does it what are First the all, drama you've got to look at drama so, so what we were just talking about ones. to make the subject stand out well i certainly wouldn't put pinks in and you know the because they're, they're going to blend completely with the subject you'd lose the subject altogether then yeah you'd use grays very often would come in ochres would uh, be very inevitable. warmer colors uh so wouldn't, matter. Is warm. wouldn't matter. Wouldn't matter. Like. No, it, that that depends on on the clothes and the things. Color of the hair, 
Possibly, yes, yes. But you'd have to, if you've got dark hair, just have dark brown hair, you can't have a dark, dark brown background. background. So how well, do you... you can, you can, I say that you can, but you've got to put light, a lighter tone around that hair. Okay. To, to make, make it work to really make well. It stand I've seen some brilliant old-fashioned portraits where people have got almost black hair and they've got almost a black background, but it's not quite black. It's, it's dark so they can put an air of mystery about the picture. Right. It's quite, quite stunning. Okay. I mean, I'm not an expert at this. This is not my field. I do what I do, um, but that, that we're talking about masters, the old masters, and the, the way they would do a portrait. Today, we would... And we probably would do it the same way, but there's a lot to that kind of thing. There's a lot to uh, think about when you're doing that kind of portrait. Mm. So it's not this it been an oil anyway. So you wouldn't necessarily pick out a colour in the eye or a colour in the hair. No, like that. I wouldn't do it that way. No, no. not like I would do with an animal. It'd be a complementary colour. A complementary dramatic colour. Got to be drama. You've got to have drama with a with a portrait mm. to make it mean something hmm. interesting that's in my view anyway. yeah no it's but otherwise it's you're wishy-washy good. you can have a wishy-washy background with an animal because the animal with the, the lots of fur and lots of things you know the other there's lots of interesting features you have yes that are, yes that are taking but shape. um with a human portrait you have to think completely differently i would say and uh, uh, certainly the portraits I've done, I've thought like that. The girl pictures, you know, those two young ladies, that was an interesting one. If I'd have made that a very dark, moody kind of background, the, the picture would have looked absolutely awful. I see. So it's also, it's depending, it's depending on the subject of their expression yes. and what you get, the feeling it's you get from the subject. Yeah. The girl spoke to me. Although in fairness, I did have a, a reference picture that I could look at. Mm. I changed it slightly. But I did have a reference. She had a very sweet background for sweet subjects. That's right. It's that That's kind right. of thing. So there's a there's yeah. a feeling as well as oh, a. So you've got to be careful tone. there. You have to pick the right background. If you get the wrong background, then it really isn't going to work. So it's some, but there's some interesting backgrounds coming up, aren't there, Steve? In the, in the in the next few weeks, we've got some. Well, a few months. I'm sorry, folks. A few months. Oh yes. <laughs> Not a few weeks. But, but some are, that one of the dog is would be really dramatic and you'll be really amazed when you see that. But by golly, that that's, that spoke to me, that one. Great. So I hope that's uh, solved that uh, so do I. Solved problem. <laughs> I it's certainly very extensive. But you, I think you get an idea of how much, how much uh, thought should go into these pictures. Yeah, I mean, all we can do is discuss it, but it is mm. very much an individual thing with the picture. Very much. And what yeah. you're looking at. Yeah. Okay, good. I hope that has helped people out there. Um, as always, uh, get in touch with us and let, know, let us know your thoughts and uh, your reactions and what you think about what we're talking about. And if you've got questions, uh, go to our website, keep them coming, keep fueling this podcast. Uh, okay, great. I think we'll call it a day there. I think better. I started out a croaky voice, and I've now got an even croakier voice. <laughs> I wouldn't I'll, notice. I'll have a cup of tea. Yeah. It'll make a difference. <laughs> okay. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Steve Bradley. I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy, Enjoy your week. week.